0: All right, guys, welcome to another week of the Rare Air Podcast. This week we have Sarah Hines Meyer. Correct. Is it Sarah Meyer Heinz or Sarah Heinz Meyer?
1: There's there's no no legal way.
0: There's no legal way. (laughs) Um, We got on the podcast today. She has been killing it the past few weeks. Just a quick note as to what she's been up to up in Northern California. The last four weeks for Sarah have been seven closed deals, three closed deals, nine closed deals, and then seven closed deals. She is a fourth year rep with us at Empower and has been one of our pillars of, of support since the beginning has seen it all, has been through everything and has had a lot of success here and we're stoked to have her on here. So Sarah, how have the last few weeks been for you out in market?
1: Um, they've been good. They've been really fun. Um, and I've just really enjoyed like working hard and seeing what, how many deals I guess I can close for the team.
2: Awesome. This is a podcast that I was so excited to be a part of. Like, I genuinely want to hear from you and and learn from you because that that month is crazy. What's been your PR before the last three weeks?
1: Um, Four in a week.
2: So that's crazy, right? Four is your PR, then you have a a seven, nine, and seven. So I think the obvious question that everybody wants to ask is like, what's different? How were you able to double your PR?
1: Um, I think just more appointments on my schedule. I was telling Thomas and Chandler the other day. It's it's really easy to show that you're a good closer when you've got your schedule full.
0: How has the new uh, your schedule's full because of the setter closer model, right? How has that been for you? And what was uh what was your initial reaction to hearing about the setter closer model idea? And then what, what's your what's your kind of your stance on it now?
1: Well, I think at first every closer felt some apprehension seeing the commissions flip um, from what you're used to, but I think the game's just more fun when you can close more deals and it's just an overall better experience having your schedule full and just getting to go work hard every day and not deal with that closer guilt for not being out there setting when you should be and all of those kind of
3: things. I love that. That's the second time Sarah's mentioned how fun the last few weeks has been. Which is sick, I think it's such a cool thing to get into that flow state. I think all three of us here as well have been in that before where you're out closing and things just seem to be clicking and deals are falling and if it sits, it closes. It just is flat out so much more fun. Sarah, first of all, so good to see you. It seems like yesterday we were out in Victorville hanging out, doing our thing. So it's so cool to see how far everyone's grown in the company. Um, And I just think one question that I wanted to ask you earlier was, You've been at Empower for probably longer than most people. I mean, you're, this is your third year, fourth year? Fourth. Fourth so year. Crazy. What's been the biggest change that you've seen um, that's that's made this year different from others just so far?
1: Um, definitely. Oh, it's kind of a hard one. I feel like it's just like every year I had different intentions. And I wanted to only work like four or five days a week and kind of have like a balance, like fun – but also kind of work too and make money. And I think this year I'm just like a little bit more focused on work and hitting the goals that I want to hit to be able to do certain investments and stuff in our life.
0: Speaking of investments, you just bought your first rental property back in Georgia. Is that right? Yeah. Super cool. Tell us about that, and tell us about some of your other goals. You know, you said you have some investment goals for this year. What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So the rental property in Georgia, we bought that um, in October of last year that was really exciting. It's a little house hacking system that we all teach. Nice. Uh, it's got a little basement apartment with an upstairs that the upstairs covers for the mortgage. <clears throat> and then the basement is like where the cash flow is. And so really stoked about that. That was really, really fun to do. Um, it was, it's also really fun, not in like a cocky way, but just to kind of blow people's minds. Cause I have so many people back home that are like, you're 22. like, What are you doing? Why are you buying a house? And, uh, just It's just a fun thing to be able to do and just kind of break the norm um, with that. And then when it comes to other investments, we've had a dream with Jake Meyer and my husband Jackson Meyer uh, to be able to own a fishing site up in Alaska. And so that's another reason why we're working a lot harder this year is uh, just to get the money that we need to invest into that.
2: That's awesome. It's so cool to see this because Sarah embodies like the plan I think that everybody wants, right? Like they come in, they make good money, they start investing in real estate and then they're setting up the next phase of their life. And Sarah's doing that. And she's really close to, to being able to transition into that next phase and, and have that business that they'll probably do forever. So it's really cool and inspiring to watch that. It's also <laughs> crazy. She's 22 years 22, old. Did you yes. hear that? <laughs> years I'm like, old. dang, like I am Sarah, I'm seriously so jealous. Like, <laughs> watch you the last couple years at 22 and like getting doors and buying a
0: business like it's so crazy where were you at 22 brandon
2: (laughs) (laughs) not thinking about any of this so like when you're talking about your intentions like and just maturing and growing and stuff it's just like you're talking like a 30 year old you know and i'm like dang she's 22 it's just so sick what were you going to say? Kyle?
3: I was just laughing because it's so funny to see everyone's different passions. Like after they get in that position of like, hey, financial freedom is a legit thing that could happen for me. And we see more and more people hit that stage here at Empower, but like, they start to pursue those passions after this job and everyone's so different on what they want to do. Some people yeah. wanna get into real estate, some people want to start an investment fund, but the Myers they all want to go fishing.
0: Like that's their thing. <laughs> they just want
3: to head out to Alaska and just catch some fish. Definitely. Which is which is super cool that you're able to pursue that. Sarah, back into the grind, back into the work, I wanted to talk a little bit about what what you're doing for your setters to help them produce those types of appointments that they're getting you. Obviously they're quality, mm-hmm. obviously they're they're high volume. What have you been doing? What's been the key to, to get those appointments?
1: I think I'm blessed. I have a lot of really great setters that I've worked with for like before this year. Um, like David Barlow, Malad they've been two really key setters. Nick, Nick Roble, uh, I mean, I can mention them all. They've just been working really hard um, to be able to get good quality appointments. And um, I just think overall, what I do with them is really explain what I'm looking for out of a set that I could go to. Um, and I just want to see that it's going to be like, mainly the relationship that they've built as a setter has been huge. Like Malad, for instance, he's a- amazing at this. He keeps up with the client just as much as I do. He calls them after I go, he's like, how was your appointment with Sarah? You know, is there anything that, you know, I can, I can do to help you understand Did you have any questions and he's taking on full responsibility for that appointment close, just like I used to. Yeah. And So I think that's the biggest thing is like when they recognize that they can do just as much as I can to get this to close, that's where the magic happens.
0: That's interesting. and I know you mentioned Milad and you also have Anna setting on you. so you have a good mixture of both oh, veteran yeah. veteran setters and rookie setters. and Anna was in the top was in the top couple setters last week in the company.
1: Yeah Anna's the killer.
0: She's doing great. So you're you're helping both rookies and veterans really get ahead. I think we did we were, I ran the math yesterday. You've generated over $100,000 for your setters so far this year, which is super super cool. And so it it goes to show that relationship that you've built with both the veteran and rookie setters has has played a huge part in that and and ha- w- what have you done specifically? You said that they're they're setting appointments to close, not just to not just to be on the calendar or to, or to sit have you done anything specifically to help them understand that, hey, when he said appointment, you're setting it to close and not just setting it for you know for fun or for a number?
1: Yeah, I think that's a conversation we really started at the beginning of the year. My first week out with the team, because I, I was in January too, but my first week out with the team, I didn't close any deals. It was rough. Like I, I called Thomas crying. Like it was, it was not good. <laughs> And Thomas barely knows me and I'm just like crying, yelling on the phone to him. He's like, what did I just get? Um, but <laughs> but anyway. And so I really went hard with, and I think that's great being able to have a great relationship with your better lead manager. Um, and I talked a lot with Nick, like, hey, my points are no showing. Like this things, like I just moved from the big area where I had a great thing going. I was very consistent and steady. Is this going to be worth it? If I'm just getting no show, like I literally would get, I would have five appointments on my schedule and just get no show the whole day, the first week. And so we had some really hard conversations with a lot of the setters and explained what they needed to do. And it wasn't just a, yeah, come on back by. It was like, no, you need to solidify the appointment and make this something that's legit and serious. Not just this like casual thing that would, oh, we're just coming by, which I mean, sometimes that's a good tactic too, depending on the homeowner but really making sure that we're spending the right time with the right people um, by confirming, by letting the setters really text them, talk to them, make sure that they're going to be there when I come back by.
2: I'm glad we're talking about this because when people see big numbers, they just see the success. They don't realize that they had to go through a lot of struggle to get there. And so I think all three of us have been in this exact same boat and this happens every year. I think it's very much seasonal, right? Like the first year and then in May, there's an enormous amount of sets, and the quality really isn't there. Yeah. And I just think the expectation, if anybody's going through as a closer, setter, closer, whatever, it's just you usually have quantity, and then you got to pull back and focus on quality. And that's just a normal evolution of somebody learning how to set and do this job. But also, with this, I want to talk about your last four weeks when you went seven, three, nine, and seven. That just shows the solar coaster right there. You had this crazy high where you beat your PR, almost doubled it. And then that next week you do a three, which is still sick. Like a three every week would be incredible. But how did you mentally process that? Because I think that's what's hard for people is they do good setting and then they blank or they do do good closing and then they have a lower amount. Like how do you process the solar coaster and what's helped you?
1: I think this is easier for closers, to be real. Um, I, I think as a setter, processing the solar coaster is a little bit more tough because you're like out there every day. But I... For me, I think I rely a lot on the fact that there's that appointment on my schedule and i got to show up, you know, or, or for a setter, there, there's my knock block on my schedule and I got to show up. And so even the days that it sucks and I don't want to go, like, if you ask my husband, there's so many times when I'm leaving the apartment, like, oh, I don't want to go right now. I don't want to do this. <laughs> but I get, I, leave, I walk out of my door and I just leave anyways. And so I think that's something that's always really helped me with closing is like having that appointment on my schedule, having that setter that's coming on me. Um, really helps me get through this out as solar coaster as um, that's really probably the main thing that does
0: what do you think has been uh i mean you've had some in your nine week in your seven week you know what do you feel like has set you apart from the rest of the closers because i think i think a lot of closers in the company have had similar volume of appointments in their calendar but how are you taking those and closing more of them compared to everyone else
1: I've had a few conversations with some other closers about this topic, and I think I'm just really vulnerable with my um, clients. I just think that I really get real with them about their lives, and I leave time for them to talk to me about whatever they want to talk about. And I think that's what makes it close. Like I, it's never the numbers, it's never the interest rate, it's never any of that. It's always just the personal connection that I growing in this job has helped me learn how to do with clients. Um, I think that's really what it comes down to.
0: Do you have like a process that you go through each customer with, like to get to know them and to be vulnerable or what's your, what's your, your method to kind of break that ice with a customer and, and build that connection?
1: I'm um, kind of going back to that. Sales is like a transfer of energy. Like I always come in with a really good energy, try to read their energy, try to be calmer or more excited just depending on who they are Um, And then also just asking them a lot of questions about their life and just being quiet a lot of times, just giving them room to talk that's something like Brandon. It's crazy how much it works. If you're just quiet, people will start talking. I think that's something I was not great at my first couple of years. And I think that's kind of my process. And then I just let them talk about whatever, take genuine interests and that's the biggest thing with this kind of stuff is it's not a tactic you have to genuinely be interested in what they say and so if you don't care about other people it's not going to work it's not something you can just like start doing and so having a genuine care for your clients how this process goes that you're going to take care of them and that you're like this expert and I think doing this for something I really feel like I have become an expert in solar in the California market and what I can recommend to clients and I think they feel that confidence And that's
2: what gets them to sign. That's, that's a nugget that Sarah just gave right there. Whether you're setting or closing when you're new, you put so much pressure on yourself. Like I got to know every single thing about solar and really it's like, they just want to trust you as a human. And if they trust you as a human that goes so far, like that's the majority of your success is if you can just connect with them at that human level. So I'm glad you brought that up. What's like the craziest hardest objection you've had to overcome in closing the deal
1: it's so hard because i don't really know what the craziest one was but i feel like the one that i get the most that i used to get stumped on that i don't anymore is like why you guys why there's so many solar companies out there why would i go with you and i think just coming hard with an answer of like i really believe in what i do and i know that i'm gonna take care of you guys and you're gonna have a great experience um, with me versus with another client. Like I, I put on all the time that someone's experience in solar heavily depends on who's sitting in this chair, like the chair that I'm sitting in at their house. And I put a lot of weight on that and a lot of weight on myself to make sure that things go well, which is stressful. But I think it's what makes people pick you over the other guy that knocked on their door.
2: That's a huge tip. I I talk about this all the time is like what's different between everybody else. And it's always you, right? Like, I really think a big portion of what they're buying is you and trusting that you're going to take care of them and make sure it's done right. So that's a great tip to have a higher realization, rate For sure.
1: Yeah.
3: What other tips would you have for brand new reps? I'm sure you've seen so many new reps come out and do well or not do so well. What have you seen that really separates the good from the bad when new reps come out? What What's some tips for them?
1: Generally, just keep going. I think that's the only thing you really can do. I think for me, I've always wanted to be kind of like a top dog. That's just where I want to be. I'm competitive, but I haven't always really said and that's okay. And I was just, I'm proud of myself to keep going. Um, cause there's so many times in solar that you just want to quit when you're on the solar coaster and you're just like, man, this sucks. It flows like the beginning of last year was nothing like the beginning of this year. I was barely closing one deal a week. And, um, that was really hard. And there was times where me and Jackson genuinely talked about like quitting and doing something else, doing something different. And, but the fact that we kept going so you can see how good you can get and see how well you can do, I think is the biggest advice I give to any new rep. Like just keep going. Like it will get better as long as you have a great attitude about it and continue to learn and change and grow.
2: Do you have any other thoughts or whether it's your philosophy on just how are you selling differently now versus your first or second year? Do you focus more on different aspects in the cell?
1: That's a good question. I think this year, I mean, I'm definitely using an urgency bit with the law change that's going on. So that's definitely a little bit different. I think it's so easy to use urgency when there's like what I think is like a real urgency there. I don't think I was great at using urgency um, the previous years, and then also I'm trying to think anything I'm doing different this year. But no, other than that, I just think I'm, I mean I'm saying the same things. I just think I have more confidence behind it, um, and allowing more room for them to talk. in, I guess that's the biggest. Thing. Is that I'm I'm trying to let them choose. Whereas I think previous years, like I thought I had the right thing for them, and because of what I knew in solar, I thought it was the right way to go. But I'm letting clients pick their way to go even more now than I used to. It's
0: awesome. So it sounds like what's changed changes. You're a lot more confident. You're letting them kind of sell themselves. You're building a lot more urgency, um, and you're genuinely caring about them and and building that connection before you even get into the, the sales process itself. So going back four years ago, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. looking back, would you change anything? Would you have done something different your first year or second year? Um, looking back now,
1: I think I would have just taken it more seriously. Um, it was exciting to be fun. You know, we're living in California, we're young, we just got married, like, we're just having a blast, like, going to the beach every weekend, which is awesome. But the time value money is so awesome, and the opportunity cost of time that yeah, I didn't take this job as seriously as I probably should have, I think, costed us a lot of money, and it costed us a lot of investments, and it cost us, I mean, I, I ran a team when I was, like, 20, and me not taking that as seriously as I should have, I lost the whole thing. And so I think I just wish I would have taken it more seriously in the, in the, in the past.
2: Well, Sarah, I just want to say from somebody that's known you now for four years and anybody that's listening, what I think is so unique and special about you is I've always noticed your confidence. Like you, you already said that, like, I think if you didn't know you, people would think you're 28, you know, just cause your, your maturity is another thing. You conduct yourself really well. You've always been pretty ambitious. Uh, Your energy's always been good. Like every time I talk to you or Jackson, it's just really cool energy. I find myself smiling a lot, and I can see why homeowners connect with you guys so well. And so I just want to say, for me, like one thing I admire about you guys are all those things. And I just love seeing a girl that's succeeding at a high level actually beating everybody in the company right now. And it's cool to see some (laughs) yeah I love it I think Bree's gonna be another one uh, like Mm -hmm. that this year and then it's really cool for me to see somebody so young that's doing this so I just respect you and uh, it's so inspiring so I just want to say thank you for what you're doing I I
3: love it Sarah Sarah, I echo everything Brandon said it's been so so crazy to watch you and Jackson grow as a couple inside and power as well because like when you guys first started here were you guys married or engaged or just dating or
1: we were engaged,
3: and then COVID hit. Okay, and so things have grown so much. You guys have changed so much, and uh, it's been super cool. Uh, the question I had for you, real quick, is: being here so long, you've seen people come and go from from Empower. I mean, Empower has an incredible re- retention rate compared to other companies. Like our reps stay when they come for sure. But the reality of it, reality of the situation is, me and you have seen a few people come and go here and there. I think. People like you that are so loyal to the company have been here for, for so long. I I love to pick their brain and, and figure out why. Like, why empower? Why do you choose to stay here? What, I mean, I'm sure you have other options and things going on in life. What keeps you around here? I've told this
1: to Brandon a couple of times, but I really believe in Brandon. And I think I have a better shot at winning in life, if I hang on to his coattail. Ever since I met him, when, <laughs> sorry to hype you up, but um, when I met him the first year, I just felt how genuine. And I think it's a lot of reasons why a lot of us are here is because he's built this beautiful company with this right why behind it. And obviously, I could go to any other solar company, I could work any job in solar now, and they'd happily really take me. But it's like, they would take me after what, you know, Brandon Chandler, Jake Kai, and all of you guys have already poured into me. And I just, I really value the time and energy that you guys have spent to build this opportunity. And I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to sell solar for anyone else. If I did anything different, it would not be solar. That's
0: awesome. Sarah, you have 35 deals closed this year already. What? is the rest of the year going to look like for you what's going to be your legacy in 2023
1: oh that's a good one teddy smith and, and he's a new rep but he's killing it love that guy he always calls me up and he's like sarah you're a hundred install rep like i need you to for know sure. that for sure it's the best and it was really scary when he first like talked to me about that because i was like my best year was like 40. <laughs> 2.5 vaccine like my PR is mad and I think that's where I would like to see myself go I think I have a hard time owning it because <laughs> I'm like holy crap that's a lot of installs but I know it's very possible and if I just keep my head down and keep working like I have then it's going to happen and so I think my focus is more about every week like hitting five or more um and that being my average, and then the rest will take care of itself because it's a little nerve-wracking for me to look at that.
0: For sure, it, it it sounds like you're kind of already pacing for that goal, right? Have you kind of reverse engineered? I know you're you you keep track of every number, and you always <laughs> tell me about all things you keep track of, <laughs> which is great. Um, what 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 is what is the reverse engineering process look like for you for hitting that hundred install goal? What are you trying to hit every week? Is it five or more? Um, what install ratio are you going for this year? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I've calculated it at five or more, um, every single week, that being my average and then how much that would work out and the numbers make sense. And so it would be, you know, roughly 30 to 40 sales a block. You know, you're at 90 to 120, you know, if you've got a good install ratio, which I do, then you should be hitting right around a hundred.
0: So Wow. That's so hundred installs, that means Kaiden, you are probably no longer gonna be the uh rep record holder this year.
3: If there's anyone that could take down my record, it'd be Sarah and I'd be I'd be super happy to ha- happy to hand that over to her. We've to have <laughs> you beat Brandon's record too after that. So I, I think she will. Like I'll be the first to echo
2: Teddy. Without any doubt in my mind, Sarah's a hundred plus level rep for sure and so i am on the sideline rooting her on like crazy and i believe
0: in this so much
1: thank you guys that that means a lot
0: awesome sarah well thanks so much for coming on today we appreciate you and we'll be watching you and are cheering you on all year we'll see you at the at the 100 install finish line
2: (laughs) awesome Thanks, thanks sarah thanks sarah